with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper! The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across him. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is episode 53 of Give and Go. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so, so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. Again, for all the latest and greatest from the world of women's soccer, be sure to check out www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network and on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. Again, if you want specific guests, if you want specific athletes, coaches, whoever it is from this world of women's soccer that you want us to speak to, let us know. Reach out to us on social media, and we'll do whatever we can to make that happen. Other important piece of information that I will always remind you about is be sure to have this ready on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, right? Siri will let you know right off the bat exactly what to do as long as you just ask whether you want to know whose podcast it is to play a specific episode, to play your newest ones, or to even subscribe to the show, or whether you want to share the show. Everything in relation to this, please help us out in whatever way you can. It's the only way we're going to be able to put out better content by getting feedback from our fan base. So thank you guys for all of your support and for always being there for us and helping us out. We're sorry that we've been away for so long, but we are back with a great episode. Again, episode 53. We've got NWSL playoffs to go through along with the final coming up. We've got the Ballon d'Or winners and we have a bit of a discussion to have on the ESPN documentary that came out called Truth Be Told, involves some pretty big names and highlighted really all of the abuse that has been going on uh, within the league over the last couple of years. So it's definitely something you don't want to miss out on. We've got you covered here. Let's get right into it. So the NWSL playoffs have absolutely lived up to the hype. It's been a great year with, you know, two more teams in the mix now to have half the league essentially making the playoffs rather than having just four teams make it. Now you have six which I really think makes makes it for a way more exciting postseason, and that is exactly what we've seen so far. While the Thorns are in the final, we cannot start this thing without talking about Kansas City. Uh, what, what they've done, uh, they're on the verge of completing one of the biggest turnarounds in all the sports, really. In the history of sports, you're not going to find a team that went from worst to first. It that it just almost never happens to the point where you actually win the title. Yeah, it's probably happened in, in regular seasons in terms of record, but to actually go on in the playoffs and win the entire championship, the entire league in the playoffs, I don't think has ever been done before. So Kansas City is on the precipice of something that would be historic. They have... The Mahomes family, Brittany Mahomes, is, and the rest of ownership has done an incredible job putting this team together. 
And so that's what makes this so much fun. You've got this group of players who were kind of castaways from Utah because of how things ended there. So you, so they were able to kind of bring in some of the better players from that situation, including the Selly Queen, Lola Banta, who has, again, captured all of our hearts in, in so many different ways. So that's a big deal for, for them to, to bring in those players and then also add some key players from other teams like the North Carolina Courage. Kristen Hamilton has been such a key player for them. And then, let's not forget, we talked about this in the podcast, the trade for CC Kaiser because she wanted to be closer to home. You're talking about that added goal scoring and creative presence in that lineup really helped change Kansas City midway through the year. And you saw them starting to take off and really push for the playoffs when early on in the year they were still out of the playoff hunt and they just went on a crazy run. So following this team is going to be so much fun going into the final. We, you can't understate. You go on the road to Houston, who has got an emotional game day. Right, It's their first ever playoff appearance. It was the Dash's first ever playoff appearance. And Kansas City went in there and essentially stole the game from them. Right, There's going to be a lot of talk about that extra time game and how many minutes they went over the actual stoppage time. But in the end, Kansas City managed through Kate Delfava to get that late, late winner, as dramatic as it gets, to send them to the semis to take on the OL Reign. The, the Shield winners. Okay, No one, I think, expected the OL Reign to lose this one. Uh, especially at home. In the preview that I ended up writing for the site, uh, this was the pick I got dead wrong. But based on the scoreline, what we did notice was... You know, they were 3-2 and two overall against each other. When the Rain offense was able to get going early and often, that was when they had the success against Kansas City. But when Kansas City managed to score first, make it ugly, make it low scoring, that was when the result was going to favor them. You take away the Rain's offensive weapons, you can beat them. That is exactly what they did. Alex Loera has been playing out of her mind and then for them to go get the second again Kristen Hamilton who we've mentioned it's such a solid group that they have put together it's hard not to respect and appreciate what the Kansas City Current have done this season and so they are on the precipice Uh, they made it look easy to they made it look so easy to beat the oil rain 2-0 the rain go go out without a whisper essentially this this NWSL shield curse continues we've had nine playoffs right nine nwsl playoffs have happened only twice has the top seed advanced to the final and won it so this time the rain didn't even get to the final but you're talking about seven of the nine years the number one seed has never won that's a lot that that speaks to the parody in the league and how great it is that how close in quality all of these teams are so kansas city is going to be in the final and they are going to meet the portland thorns who also got here uh, in dramatic fashion they had to wait for the san diego the winner of the san diego wave in the chicago red stars match so we'll get to the thorns in a minute but we got to talk about how that how incredible that wave versus red stars game was because chicago came out and had the perfect strategy you know they were able to capitalize 
on what was a shocking Kaylin Sheridan mistake, and she was almost going to be made the scapegoat two consecutive years for that bone. I mean, just you can't even describe what was going on. I'm sure she knows herself. It's just one of those mental lapses that happens in the middle of the game, and Yuki Nagasato with a beautiful chip right on over her to take the lead, and it really seemed like, especially going into halftime with that 1-0 scoreline, that Chicago was going to see this through. And they were going to get that W because that that's such an experienced group. Even with the new coach and Coach Seth Petroselli, he also knows how to lead a group of, of players like that that has been together for so long. Credit them, they had a great year as well. Mallory Pugh, of course, had a great year. So I think they will be back with a vengeance next year. They really seemed like they were going to take out the wave, but... It it looked like this might actually be San, the San Diego Waves year with the way that they fought back and clawed their way back into that matchup against Chicago. Alyssa Nair, I'm sure, will, is still upset with herself after allowing that goal to Alex Morgan late on in the match. But that was the difference in the game. And then the Wave end up going to Providence Park, a much more difficult proposition. And what do they do? They start off the game perfectly. Alex Morgan puts in a perfect cross, and Portland paid the price for leaving a player like Taylor Kordiak unmarked. Probably the tallest player on the pitch, leaving her unmarked and seeing how good she is from inside the box with heading the ball. Obviously, that's a big mistake, but credit to Portland, they also bounce back in a big way. And if you're the San Diego Wave, you're going to regret the fact that you were just unable to defensively clear the ball. That is probably the difference standing between you guys in the final. And they know that. Because both of the goals were on two clearances that were not cleared far enough. Both headers that were not cleared far enough. The first one, Rocky Rodriguez. Arguably the goal of the weekend. One of the goals of the year. The way that first touch, he took it off her foot and then volleyed it. Whacked it into the top corner. A golazo for sure. To put them back into the game. And just when it seemed like that game was headed to extra time. There wasn't much in that second half. A little bit of back and forth. Both teams seemed like they were going to play for a draw almost. And go to extra time. But then it's got to be one of the stories of the year. Crystal Dunn scores for the first time since returning from her pregnancy. It's been a long road back. And it's been a tough adjustment. Like There were times where... For the U.S. Women's National Team, right? She was coming back to fitness, still getting opportunities to play, uh, but not starting. And then you see her do what she did in that game against the Wave. Wow. What a moment, what a strike. It was scenes at Providence Park. That's the type of moment that gives you goosebumps. And that's those are the types of moments, again, that the league needs to push more and show us more of and talk about the history and the lore of the game. That's how we grow this thing more, right? Those moments are where memories are made, and those memories are then passed down generation to generation, and we play those highlights back over and over again and appreciate greatness. And so that's what's going to make this league go to new heights is when we, we need to immortalize those moments more. There have been so many great moments over the last 10 years in terms of great games game-winning goals big moments the league is not doing enough of that that's probably one of the other things that they really could do so much more of because it's not like they don't have the film 
right? Of course, the the camera angles and how they film games and do they have enough cam? That's a whole separate issue. Of course, we need more of that stuff. We need the best, the most angles. We need more cameras. We need all of that. But you still have the games on film. You need to go back and do more of it. There's not enough of highlighting some of those great moments in league history and and doing giving it the respect that it deserves in terms of a big moment not just a quick twitter video flashback on this day but something that actually you know like a piece a real actual piece that talks about what the players were doing what was going through their minds even some of the older players who are no longer in the league anymore like you could talk to an abby wambach you can talk to some of those other players about what it was like to win you know uh, to win a trophy there's so much opportunity there that the NWSL just hasn't capitalized on yet, but they will continue to. So with that being said, the final, Kansas City Current versus the Portland Thorns, it's going to be a very, very good matchup. I think if you're Kansas City, it doesn't change. Your strategy does not change one bit. You know what you're bringing defensively. You have an incredible goalkeeper as well in in Adriana French. So that trade also worked out for them to be in the final right now. Between her, that back line that is experienced with a younger core of attacking players, they're going to be more than ready for this one. I think the Thorns are going to have their work cut out for them. I think it's going to be a super tough game for both teams to score. I don't think you can expect to see a ton of goals. But if you're Portland, this is where you get the chance to correct some of the great teams that have not won this trophy in the past. This is why you draft a Sophia Smith and Morgan Weaver one after the other. This is exactly why you do that because they are the types of players that need to win you this game. Point blank, period. That's it. That's honestly what it comes down to for the Thorns. Rian Wilkinson has done an incredible job. An incredible job. And her first year as manager has got them in the final is on the verge of winning a trophy. <clears throat> That'd be incredible. The NWSL title um, would be incredible to do as a first-year coach. That's also, on their side, a bit of history as well. So history is going to be made in some shape or form. But if you're the Thorns, I just feel like they, by making that move years ago for Sophia Smith and Morgan Weaver, you account for the one thing that has been lacking for Portland, and that is goals. So even if, for whatever reason, the Kansas City does a great job at shutting down Sophia Smith, it is exactly why Morgan Weaver is there, because she provides something different, a change of pace, a little bit more aggression, uh, and a little bit more anticipation in terms of what she can do. She's always there to capitalize on a mistake, or when you give her the opportunity to finish, she will take that opportunity, and you need that in a final that is what could be the difference ultimately in the end in this game. And I think that is why I'm going to take the Thorns to get this W here and bring home the trophy. I think it's been an incredible year for them. I think Rian Wilkinson has rebuilt after Mark Parsons left. And then you think about what they've been going through in terms of the controversy of so many different officials in the front office finally getting the axe or finally being let go of when they have been in power using it for way, way too long. So 
the Thorns, if they can get this title this year, it would be huge for them. And I know it, that sounds ridiculous because they're the Thorns and they've been the best franchise in league history. They've been the gold standard, really, for how things should be run outside of the abuse stuff that we talked about. And from its purely soccer perspective, they've also managed to do that. The, the fan support, the stadium, the infrastructure, they have all that. But this is a proud franchise that expects to win almost every year, and it's been a while. And so if you're Portland, I do think that title is going to return uh, back to Portland over the weekend. It's going to be a, a ton of fun. Can't wait to see how it goes. If Kansas City pulls it off, it would be an incredible story. What an incredible story it would be. But I think the Thorns have been in this position more often than not. That playoff experience also matters big time. And I think that's what's going to be the difference in the game as well. The playoff experience and Morgan Weaver and Sophia Smith will be the difference. Thorns 2-1. You heard it here first. We'll transition to a bit more serious of a topic. We'll go right to the ESPN E60 documentary done by Lisa Salters, one of the best in the business, did an incredible job highlighting what some of the women went through, like Manashim. Uh, Sinead Fairley was not brought in to comment in the documentary, but she was mentioned. Alex Morgan, who surprisingly, I didn't had no clue, had this big of a role in what was going on as well uh, in terms of being able to support her teammate and friend Manashim. So it was a lot going on, a lot to unpack. It's a complicated situation. But at the end of the day, when you see this documentary and you watch the things that were done, and not only that, the things that were done to protect them, and that goes back to what we just mentioned with Portland's front office. They protected Paul Riley and were essentially the ones that gave the recommendation to North Carolina to say, hey, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and hire him and or sorry it wasn't the courage at the time it was the western new york flash who became the courage but either way that level of of protection just speaks to again when you don't when you haven't been around long enough right to work out the kinks like these are just the the horrible things that can happen when you don't have the right infrastructure in place and it's not set in place from the beginning and you don't have the money necessarily or the resources to do that so that's what makes this so tough because all it takes is a couple handshakes and recommendation letters and that's it apparently to get the job nothing else and no one checked no one the fact that no one checked and this went on for years is utterly absurd i don't want to give away too much i mean you've heard maybe even read about some of the details that have been talked about in in that story and so i don't want to go too much into it i will direct you to it and and just mention that what paul riley did what what rory dames did christy holly amanda cromwell i mean yeah we're talking about half the league richie burke I will say it took quite a lot for for Richie Burke to actually be there in that documentary. He could have, like every other coach, have said no and decided not to be in it. But he actually chose to face the music. I don't know if he necessarily accepted 
what he did as wrong, but the fact that he actually did that is, is very rare to see. Still, again, whatever he did say is is not right. It's not right, and you can't condone it. It's 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 different now. Whatever whatever was allowed for a coach before is never going to be allowed now, as it should not. Right, language and how we use it is important in the day to day, and when you make it that difficult for people in your living space, from just the words that you're saying and how abrasive you're being, it can make people uncomfortable, and that's just that's just part of it. Um, part of a trying to be a professional in a working environment. Who I, I, I'm not sure you could even call Richie Burke's behavior all that professional when you're acting that way and saying those things so yeah you're looking at half the league being highlighted in this documentary and it's something that again you definitely do not want to miss and really kind of highlights the details of where how far we've come and the steps that were taken since then to really improve things whether it's the players association and and union unionizing you know there was no harassment statement there was no any kind of statement you actually get to see lisa baird sitting there just deflecting questions like basically just not admitting or owning up to anything so it's it's very high quality definitely recommend if you get the opportunity to check it out again depending on the age groups of whoever also listens to this podcast that is also important be sure to remember there's definitely some mature content contained in there so make sure you get permission first as well if you are of a certain age please do not just go run and and watch that okay there's some very serious stuff going on in here but yeah to to shed a light on some of the things that have happened um it is great to see in that way. It was about time, and I'm glad ESPN, in their investigative journalism style, went ahead and, and did something that was necessary uh, for everyone else to know. Alrighty, as we wrap things up, we'll get into the Ballon d'Or. The award ceremony was not too long ago. We'll quickly recap the top 10 based on how they were ranked. I think this list looks a lot better in terms of what we've talked about in years past, just how random it seems that the list is. But this top 10, based on the years that these players had, this actually seems pretty fair when you look at it. Starting off at number 10, Lucy Bronze, who has moved on from City to now Barcelona. You're talking about doing... You know, they won the league, and then you win the Euros. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And arguably the best right back in the world. And that is highlighted by the fact that she is the only right back in the top ten. So, absolutely deserving. Very hard-pressed to find few players at that position better than she is at the moment. Katarina Macario, unfortunately, tore her ACL, but... Again, had an incredible year and really showed that she is the real deal. She had to go to Europe to do it first, but she is the real deal, man. Like, there is no way you saw her in college at Stanford and weren't like she's going to be a star. Like, that is easily the best player on the pitch every time she steps on the pitch. And Lyon have a gem of a player who should hopefully be back sometime next year for both club and country 
the game needs players like Katarina Macario to to capture our imagination. She's one of those players that can do things that a lot of players cannot. Eight, Randy Winard. I mean, what more can you say about this woman? The more she continues to play and cement her legacy as probably the greatest center back ever. I, I don't think it's hard to question that. Before, you'd have to talk about Becky Sauerbrunn, but we've noticed and we have to admit that Becky has fallen off. She's back to full health now and still isn't play, isn't even back in the national team. That's where it's at now. So I think Wendy Renard still playing at this high level, whether it's her leadership, her ability to anchor things at the back, and then her ability to score from set pieces, she's always going to get at least three to four goals via her head every year. And she's such a dangerous threat in that in that box, whether it's a corner kick, set piece, doesn't matter. So Wendy Renard, of course, is going to be on every top 10 list every year at number 8. Ada Hegerberg, we saw her re- return to Norway. That's something that was a big deal for the Euros, but unfortunately they got knocked out early, which was a bit of a surprise, but she will always be in this top 10 just for the amount of goals that she scores regularly. So, Hegelberg, we know how great she is. No surprise there. Alexandra Pop, if you don't know who she is, she was Germany's best player in attack. There is Lena Magul as well, who's who's done great, but Alexandra Pop looked incredible at the Euros. Wolfsburg are almost a guarantee to get to the Champions League semifinal pretty much every year. They have won it, of course. They have broken through and, and gotten... You know, into that territory where you could count them as a as a Lyon. They probably are the biggest club team in Germany. They all the German stars play for Wolfsburg. They don't play for Bayern Munich. So it's a big deal for Pop to be on this list. I think six is perfect for where she should be. Uh, she had a great year and really got to show that at the Euros and cap things off really well with with how she played. Literally carried them to that final and then unfortunately couldn't play. At the last second, things things really fell into place uh, for England <laughs> in, in that time. But leading up to the final, Pop was one of their best players. We move into the top five. You have Aitana Bonmati for Spain and for Barcelona. Naturally, she's one of the players, one of the 15 players who is not in the team as of recently. But Barcelona had their perfect season in the league, so it's kind of hard to deny any Barcelona player that is of their caliber from this list. So, Aitana Bonmati, full of quality, coming in at number five. I love that Lena Oberdorf comes in at four. One of the youngest and best midfielders in the world and can do it on both ends. Can do it in attack, but mostly does it in defense. She is as tough as nails. You do not want to mess with her. And... I think four is is the perfect place based on the year that she and and Pop had together. And you're talking about two of the best players in the world on Wolfsburg. I think you look at this top ten and it actually is pretty diverse. Um, It isn't just Lyon, Lyon, Lyon. There are three players from Lyon, two from Barca, two from Wolfsburg, one from Chelsea, one from Arsenal, and one from Manchester City. Now, again, no NWSL players, but I'm honestly okay with that this time around based on how this NWSL year went. It Alex Morgan 
Trinity Rodman there in that top 20 range, but did they do enough? You could argue, you could argue Alex Morgan should be in the top 10 based on the year that she had this year, but still I think she also is is right where she should be on the list. Three, Sam Kerr. I kind of wish she would have been higher. I really do, but to be fair, her team is probably a little more loaded. They have more star power, more players to get her the ball than, say, Arsenal does with Beth Mead, who is right ahead of her. I think Beth Mead might get a little bit of that England bias because they just won the Euros and she was one of their best players. And it, But she might be the most important player for Arsenal as well. And I think that might be why she ended up ahead of Sam Kerr on this list, of course, Sam Kerr, we know just how great of a player she is in attack and has already won multiple trophies since coming to Chelsea. They're still looking for that Champions League title that has eluded them. Let's, let's see if they can get it done in this upcoming year. But Sam Kerr for club and for country, again, in the top five. No complaints there. Beth Mead, we just mentioned how important she is for both Arsenal and England. Such, such high quality. Every single time she steps on the pitch, you know exactly what you're going to get. Again, one of the best in the world. No complaints. This is got to be the first time ever I'll have complaints with this list. It is amazing. Alexia Poteas, back-to-back, two years in a row. Again, it's unfortunate that she missed out on the Euros because of the torn ACL. But again, going back to what we said on Aitana Bonmati and the year that Barcelona had with their perfect season in the league. Of course, you would have loved to have capped it off with that Champions League final win, but they were unable to do so. And that is surely a devastating blow for them. But they are Barcelona. They will be back. They keep signing players. They will be back. Once Alexia Poteas is back, they'll be back. I think it'll be interesting to see going forward, though, how the Barcelona team dynamic versus the Spain national team dynamic will continue. Both Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, so important for Spain's national team prospects to join the, to join the national team. And, and with the whole situation regarding uh, Jorge Vilda and doing what they did, 15 new players beating the United States women's national team to hand them their second straight loss. Not something we ever, ever would have expected to see. That was a little bit of a, a sidebar, but again, there's a lot going on in Spain. A lot of conflict, and it'll be interesting to see how it gets resolved when both sides are making it work for them in different ways. And what more details are going to come to light? How much abuse was there from Jorge Vilda? Is he creating a toxic environment? What kind of situation are we looking at here? Still a lot to be revealed a lot to be looked at but to wrap it up one more time alexia Pateas, clap it up two years in a row it's hard to dispute that's one of the best players right now um, on planet earth so congrats to alexia Pateas to win her second straight ballon d'Or. Alrighty, that is it for us today on episode 53 of give and go we hope you enjoyed this podcast we love bringing it to you each and every time. Again, for all the latest and greatest from the world of women's soccer, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram, at Girls Soccer Network, and on Twitter, at Girls Soccer Net. Again, no matter what you need, we got you covered. So keep it locked with us. 
Episode 53 is done. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Peace out.